This is the EPLOG audio experience. Film is clearly a sophisticated art, possibly the most important art of the 20th century with a rather complex history of theory and practice, writes James Monaco in his book How to Read a Film. So far in our podcast the artists we have had filmmakers writers critics programmers musicians thinkers defining their combinatorial skills we at metaphysical lab have been striving to expand the realm of our podcast which in turn gives a wider uh, canvas to the understanding of our experiences and also we have tied up with epilog media the podcasting network so you can find us on their website epilogmedia/theartists and of course you can continue to listen to us on the platforms that you choose from Apple Podcasts to Spotify to GeoSavan to Google Podcast everything is mentioned in the description i'm your host suchita and i'm looking forward to a wonderful journey ahead with all of you Hi guys, welcome to another episode of our podcast The Artist with me Sachita and today we are talking about Hollywood versus Bollywood. No, actually we're talking about the bombing of big budget films in the last couple of months in Bollywood. 70% of the budget goes into paying stars in Hollywood. It's 30%. So since last couple of months all and everyone has been talking about the commerce of making movies and why the big budgeted films have not worked at the box office is it ott takeover is it a change in the taste of the audience is it the skewed budgets what is it that filmmakers need to get red flagged if at all about our guest is media analyst karan thorani who's a research analyst covering media entertainment consumer internet sectors closely with over 14 years of experience currently is the senior vice president with elara capital which is ranked number 1 analyst for entertainment sector globally enjoy Hi Karan welcome to our podcast the artists and uh, thank you for joining in on this rainy morning in Mumbai it's indeed uh, a rainy morning here as well really heavy rains and the weather is really amazing uh, it's a pleasure to be on your show suchita and uh, looking forward for a very great conversation thank you karan starting with the hottest topic of discussion and that is that why are big budgeted films not doing well theatrically at the box office i was analyzing it and of course i was talking to you uh, a while back uh, so just to start off with the first thing is the content part of it uh, do you think that content has a lot to do in terms of the theatricality of the film right now seeing that we have or we are coming out of the pandemic and the taste of the audience could have changed in the process uh definitely you know for any film right now as we see you know in the years you know 5 years 7 years back you saw star driven films doing phenomenally well because of the star being there and the content being poor but as we move more towards social media as people become more aware in terms of the reviews in terms of the word of mouth the publicity of a particular film uh, they've kind of become more choosy in terms of you know what they want to consume and why they want to consume a certain film right uh, you saw that after bahubali 2 came in you saw a huge range of flops by large yeah. stars and uh, you mm-hmm. saw entire transition in the industry wherein a lot of script driven films actually were focused upon you saw compelling stories you saw biopics where people can relate themselves to in terms of stories right and those kind of films as we have done well so the importance of content uh, in the hindi movie industry ecosystem has only been increasing and 
right? After the pandemic, I think this is just moved one way upwards. And that's the reason, you know, clearly why we are seeing a huge range of flops, you know, over the last uh, three months. So what exactly has happened here is a twofold reason here. So one is, mm. of course, you know, the audience has got exposed to very different kind of content. I mean, if you mm -hmm. look at uh, the Hindi speaking market audience, which is typically the north and the west of India, yeah. they used to consume only Hindi content in large numbers, right? Uh, yeah. But with the pandemic, uh, they got to binge watch regional uh, content. They got to see regional films on TV, which were dubbed uh, in Hindi yeah. language. Uh, they caught up a lot in terms of English content as well. So I think this exposure has actually, you know, made them fans of this non-Hindi content, which they were not earlier. I mean, nobody yeah. would have imagined that, you know, films like Pushpa, KGF, RRR, could do numbers of what they are doing right now. I mean, Bahubali 2 was like a one-off example. It happened, you know, four, five years back, and that's about it. I mean, after five years, I think in the last nine months, three films back-to-back -back being a big success in Hindi market is like a big thing in altogether. So this is goes to show that the kind of trend we are heading for. So, you know, it's very important that the audience uh, is kind of put first here in terms of the content whenever the producer you know, makes a film because the content is definitely king. That's that's one aspect of it. Uh, yeah. The OTT part exposure, which is there, and you know people wanting to consume non-Hindi content, uh, which is yeah. different in nature. The yeah. second reason yeah. I think Just is quickly, uh, you know, the, quickly, quickly, yeah. quickly butting in here when we're talking about content, Karan is that since you mentioned that the taste of the audience has changed and we are all seeing that, witnessing that English content, non-regional uh, content is where um, you know they are. Uh, heading towards because perhaps or they're, dri they're driven towards do you see or rather I should ask that what is it that you see in terms of the content that filmmakers working in the Indian Hindi belt uh, should focus on in terms of the theatrical release of the films so I think uh, Brahmastra is a clear example in terms of what they should focus on. We have all seen the response Brahmastra has got. So I think that's one kind of film that they can focus wherein you have more of the VFX effects, uh, 3D, 4D. People can actually go and enjoy this kind of content and may not be able to watch this at home. Uh, or the experience cannot be replicated at home. That's one kind yeah. of content. Second yeah. kind of content would be, you know, comparing scripts, stories where people can relate to. Uh, I think that yeah. is uh, what most important. So, and yeah. third, in my view, is the franchise part of it. So, if you see, you know, after the pandemic, Suryavanshi was like a big hit, right? And that's primarily yeah. because it's a franchise film. And Brahmastra also, it's a mix of two things. It's a VFX-based film, plus it's a franchise film as well. We are going to see part two and part two, part three as well for Brahmastra. So, the point yeah. is that they have to go to the Hollywood mode, wherein they have to really focus on either franchise dream films or rely heavily on VFX or have you know good scripts uh you know with really good you know good quality actors you know doing it well over there in terms of overall performance so i think these are three types of films uh, you know that are going to do well in the hindi belt per se uh, as far as regional and english is concerned i mean as i told you with avengers endgame with powerly 2 that trend had just taken off in terms of you know yeah. the dubbing part of it. I'll give an example here so you know until about five to seven years back you never saw a situation wherein uh, you know, the regional films are actually re-scripted in Hindi. It was yeah. just a translation, a mere translation of the dubbing that they would do. And that yeah. experience is not that great, right? When you re-script it, the wordings are different. You kind of make songs again, uh, which are suitable for the Hindi audience. So I think that trend is here to stay. I mean, Hollywood, for that matter, they do marketing, uh, you know, for the Hindi audience. Again, a lot of re-scripting is done of Hollywood films to translate or dub it into Hindi language. So I think the Hindi audience is being given that kind of importance and they have accepted that completely, which is why we are seeing that 
non hindi content has picked up phenomenally in the last two years couple of things that you know filmmakers need to focus on, uh, on when we're talking about the theatrical release of the films and the content that they choose the storyline they choose now the second reason that perhaps other big budget films have not worked at the box office as we were talking earlier was uh one could be do you think that social media has an impact when we talk about boycott a film uh like in in case of uh, the remake of forest gump when we talking about boycott a film do you think that has an impact in the psyche of the audience to not go and watch a film or do you think that no that's not the reason it is the content it is the filmmaking that is talking here so i think uh, definitely uh that does have an impact but the impact is not so big that it can you know kind of report into dismal collections right uh, mm. that is something you know which will probably have you know some kind of negative word of mouth out of 10 people maybe two people may not want to go to the film because of the negative word of mouth or because of boycott or whatever it is but it's not that out of 10 people eight people not go for the film that's not the case yeah. because if the content yeah. is compelling those eight people will go for the film leaving out those two people who may not go for it right so end of the day yeah. it's content that matters something like a lal singh chadda if you look at the opening numbers as well the opening numbers itself were dismal uh, because people mm-hmm. had seen forest gump people you know could not relate to the subject they did not want to see a repeat of what they've already seen right so mm-hmm. earlier you know five years back again this trend came in where you know we saw these uh, regional remakes happening hollywood remakes happening in hindi language where people just wanted to see the star on that particular film which they have seen in hollywood and uh, in the regional film like you know mm-hmm. uh, kabir singh uh, was a big hit right so the point is that now the trend is changing slowly because people have caught up on the regional films on the hollywood films uh, the interest has become phenomenally low for watching these just the star driven films you know for the same kind of content so one mm-hmm. has to realize that the audience taste preference is changing constantly and one needs to innovate yeah. now something like a something like lal singh chadda was supposed to release you know uh, around the pandemic days right so there's a delay of you know two and a half years also which has happened for the film mm-hmm. so it is not only yeah. the it is it is it's through everything so little bit of you know the negative word of mouth the hollywood repeat franchise which is there people not wanting to consume only star driven content but star plus content basically so i think these are changes which are happening rapidly you know in the industry and uh, i think you know it's going to evolve with time i think next year you're going to see a very strong bounce back uh, in the hindi film industry uh, we mm. have seen that in the past as well i think the process mm. has already started wherein a lot of the scripts are being you know kind yeah. of written there's a transition which is happening and there are yeah. compelling stories which are made right now there are franchise stories which are made right now so i think which is some time away now i think 6 to 8 months and you're going to see a strong rebound in terms of the hindi film industry yeah true true the third thing karan we were discussing was in terms of the ott and the kind of competition the ott has given to the theatrical release of the big budget films because of a content that could perhaps be more if i if i might use the word relatable if not superior what do you think in terms of an ott is like flourishing not just hindi ott the regional ott is coming people's attention spans are less their time is less their money is less that could be a major reason why theater is now going into the backdrop so two things i'd like to point out here one is you know theatrical segment in india uh, remains to have a lion share so let's just look at numbers over here uh, mm. until about 10 years ago theaters accounted for 77% of revenue domestic theaters accounted for 77% of revenue for a producer okay and mm. then came the 
era of satellite, we saw digitization phase three, phase four, then came the OTT with the 4G wave in 2015-16. And this number has come down. I mean, this number has come towards, uh, you know, pre-COVID levels, this number was somewhere closer towards 55, 60%. And industry mm -hmm. estimates suggest that this number will settle at 50% kind of a number. So the point is that theatricals still remains to have a lion's share. No doubt your digital satellite, uh, you know, that segment is growing faster, uh, specifically digital. I mean, satellite is kind of plateaued right now because uh, the number of channels, uh, the amount of mm -hmm. money they are paying you know, to buy the rights, that is kind of remains stable right now. But what has happened here is that digital is on a different wave altogether. You are seeing so mm -hmm. many platforms getting launched, uh, so many global giants coming here with you know very mm -hmm. large budgets. And that's where the content cost on digital has gone up. And with content cost going up on digital, you know, the digital rights value has gone up, which is kind of taking away the share from theatricals. But one mm -hmm. cannot ignore the fact that theatrical is here to stay. I mean, if you ask mm -hmm. any producer for that matter, whatever they did in terms of going direct OTT during the pandemic was purely to do, you know, because of the cinema screens not being open, right? And that is why mm -hmm. they went on really because they had no choice. If given a choice, I think producers always prefer the cinematic route because cinema is one medium wherein there is no capping, right? Okay. Imagine, you know, a film like a Kabir Singh goes on OTT, you know, sold for a number of hypothetically for about 50 crores, right? Hmm. The producer would have made a loss, right? I mean, he would have never realized that his film can do 300 crores kind of collection and he can make that much more Delta money, right? So my point yeah. is the box office is here to stay for various reasons. One is there is no capping. Second is that there is a benchmarking which you can do. You know, success of a film is basically the box office numbers that film does. And basis yeah. that the actor gets endorsement, the actor gets his fee, director gets his fee. So there are multiple things which come over here. So my point yeah. is that it's no threat as such. I think OTT is going to coexist with cinema. So what the pandemic has done is that the trends for digital definitely have accelerated. There's no doubt about it, right? Yeah. And with the, the, with this, these producers have realized, you know what, we can make two kinds of films, one for direct OTT, which is suiting to the OTT audience, and we are going to make yeah. cinematic films for the cinema audience, which is there. So for a producer, it's win-win because he's making multiple projects. Uh, there are takers for the projects. There are there are cinema chains. There are OTT who come after cinema. And there are OTT who come direct as well. So that's one very good thing which has happened. So cinema and OTT are definitely going to coexist. There is no threat whatsoever. That's the first part. Mm -hmm. The second part is definitely OTT has had an impact in terms of footfalls. Okay, not in a big way, but in a small way. And the reason for that is windowing. Right. So what you mm -hmm. saw before the pandemic was that, you know, a lot of the medium budget films actually gave a big positive surprise. Like, for example, Kabir mm. Singh, Uri, these were films which are made at a very small and medium budget scale. And they surprised massively because that time the windowing was almost six to eight weeks. So, a consumer did not want to wait, you know, for that film to come on OTT. But during oh. the pandemic, as we all know, there was a lot of issue in terms of the footfalls coming back. There was a fear factor where the audience would want to come back, wear masks in the cinema chains, all those sort of things. So the cinema change, you know, kind of, uh, you know, change your contractual uh, agreements with the producers saying that we'll make the window to four weeks. Right? After four weeks, the film goes on cinema, the film can go on OTT. So this led to a lot of disruptions specifically for the medium budget films when people said that I will, I'll, you know, get my frequency down. Four weeks is not a big deal. I'm going to wait for the film to come on OTT and I will not go and catch it up in cinema. Right. So I think this was one reason which kind of disrupted uh, the footfall scenario, uh, you know, for the cinemas, but not a big margin. I think 15 to 20 percent of footfalls were impacted by this kind of thing, because not every audience or not every person actually sits back for four weeks, you know, waiting for a film to come on OTT. But I yeah. think this is as we go ahead, I think this is becoming more and more normal because I think, uh, you know, September onwards, the windowing has come back to eight weeks. And I'm expecting that next year onwards, when I say 
in the box office you see a recovery and we need two things here the footfall recovery is going to be phenomenally strong and the second big thing is that the medium budget films are start going to surprise again because we've not seen that for now i mean medium budget films have been very dismal in the last 6 months how do you define a medium budgeted films what's a medium budget so medium budget would be you know uh, something like a uh, something like a rashmi rocket which came in okay uh something like jersey which came in right so these are so medium budget film definition would be somewhere which are made in a budget of say almost about 40 to 60 crores uh and the star cast is you know tier 2 or tier 3 kind of star cast in that whereas so what happens to the small budgeted films how would you define a small budgeted films uh what budget what kind of budget and what do you envision in terms of the future of them in in theater So if you look at small budget film, typically Kashmir is Kashmir Files. You know, was a small budget film, uh, yeah. and the future of that we've seen what the numbers are in terms of theatrical collections, right? It's been massive. So the, again, the point is the content. So mm. what these kind of those, I mean, the small budget is coming close to twenty to forty crores, medium is forty to sixty, and large budget onwards it you know goes to eighty to hundred and beyond hundred as well. So we've mm. seen you know what Kashmir Files has done, and that's purely because of the kind of content they catered to. right so mm. a film which is made for 10 15 20 crores can also make hundreds of crores at box office if the content is compelling so my only point is that in the last 6 months i mean pre covid if you see there are so many medium budget films you know there was there were films with rajkumar rao aishman karana which was sleeper hits and they were all small to yeah. medium budget films in the range of 30 yeah. 40 crores the cop those yeah. are big surprises i mean a film which is made for 30 35 crores cost of production delivering 100 crore plus box office like a big win win for the producer and the equestrian as well that is stopped yeah. completely now i mean in the last 6 uh, months except for kashmir files there's no single film that is kind of surprised positively okay that's one second lagard is that you know your other large scale films are reporting a very dismal collection like for example amir khan historically has never done these kind of collections what they've done for lal singh chatta i mean these are all very yeah. sign akshay kumar you know who was going on a back to back state of delivering hit films last yeah. four five films of films have been very poor and he was the main driver for box office i mean just to give you some numbers here akshay kumar would contribute almost 12% of box office in pre covid days so his films kind of not doing well or his films kind of you know reporting a 70% lower number as compared to pre covid is a big hit on the industry right so yeah. that's how skewed it is but my only point is that okay fine ups and downs is fine i mean akshay kumar cannot deliver hits forever i mean there has to be a transition there has to be a correction that's fine but my only point is the other talent also has to deliver right i mean yeah. it can't yeah. be skewed towards certain stars certain actors uh, there has to be a yeah. local approach where you have 20 actors out of which yeah. you know five might click five may not click and 10 might do average that's how it's supposed to be so i think we have okay. to head more and more towards that trend where new talent will really to take over uh, you know uh, and step into the shoes of these larger stars when you're talking about new talent stepping in the shoes of the larger stars here i want to just understand in terms of at what point should a filmmaker think when they are making a film uh, which perhaps does not have a known name uh but is content driven should they consider a theatrical release or as everyone is talking about go to an ott direct and show it to them at what point what is the strategy that they should use see that really depends on the producer in terms of how does he see the future of his production house and you know mm. how scalable does he think the business model is now if there's a producer who wants to make this quick money and quick fix you know he will go for the ott and he will set it up and he will say okay fine I don't want to take any risk. Whether the film does well, doesn't do well, it's not my concern. I make my money, and I'm done with it. There are producers mm. who want to make franchise of that film, uh, you know, who want to actually engage with that same actor in more films. 
you know, who mm-hmm. actually want to make it larger than life and are willing to take that risk in terms of the financial risk, which is there. I mean, anyway, it's a risk making business, right? I mean, if you go to the film with cinemas, it is a risk because uh, the audience definitely is going to either accept you or reject you. Whereas in the case of OTT, the OTT platform will definitely give you that money, which means you have got accepted some or the other way. But there's a capping into yeah. your profit. So it depends in terms of what the producer actually wants. Uh, but I think this trend is trend had started before the pandemic as well, wherein you saw the larger studios actually investing heavily in terms of new talent, new scripts. Uh, I mean, you know, Karthik Aryan is now become one of the leading stars, right? I mean, uh, he, yeah. in the last, uh, you know, two years, if you see the films that he done pre-COVID as well, the films have received a phenomenal response. I mean, 100 close plus is the average of his films. And this was a number which was not easy to get, uh, you know, before Bahubali 2, because it was, you know, the largest stars who would get these kind of collections. So I'm not saying that, you know, uh, these new coming stars or, you know, upcoming stars are going to be re- replaced uh, or, or they're going to displace... Uh, the larger actors or the stars. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it has to be a blend of both. So there are certain stories uh, wherein you know that, okay, fine, this new star or new actor can do well. There are certain scripts or stories, uh, you know, which require star power. I mean, it's not that you can't just do only with this, only with the content. Sometimes it requires star power as well. I mean, there are certain roles wherein you require a Shah Rukh Khan or an Amir Khan. You can't do without it, right? It's just well yeah. suited for them. So my point is that there has to be a, there has to be a, a mixed element angle a here balance, in terms of whether yeah. producers go. There should be a balanced approach. I'm not yeah. in favor of either. So it can't be that, you know, the largest stars go away completely and the new stars drive the business. That can't happen because they eventually yeah. cannot do those numbers of 350 crores what the largest stars have done, right? And yeah, I can, yeah. I'm not in, in the favor of this as well, that only the largest stars drive the business because then the dependence on them becomes very high. So if they fail, yeah. the box office comes down drastically. So there has to be a balanced yeah. approach. And if both fire, then we are hit for a very good time for the industry. Yeah, but Karan, the pandemic and the OTT has actually made a lot of producers, uh, if I may use the word lazy, and they are not ready to take the risks and they want an OTT confirmation before they green light a film. How right is that? You know, tell me that. Are there risk averse? Are there not? Uh, where is it that coming from? So I think what you'd be talking about is largely a private producer uh, who would yeah. have capital constraints. I think they are the ones, you know, who are going to take this call of, you know, going direct OTT and not want to take the bigger risk. But if yeah. you look at the mindset from a studio perspective, I think studios are very much clear. Uh, you know, whichever studio is there for that matter. Ah, but but, but Karan, Karan, we cannot ignore the number of private producers who are pumping in the money. Studios, of course, are there. But there is this gamut, <laughs> large number of private producers that are sprawled around wanting no, to make that, money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that number has only come down. See, because what has happened with these private producers also, there are very few producers in the country today who make the film with their own money. Uh, there are two things to it. One is obviously they'll have financiers to themselves or they'll tie up with the studio. Okay. And yeah. that drives scalability. I mean, you know, there are names like, you know, Karan Chohar, like for example, he would make, you know, say one film in three years earlier with Kabi Kushigam, Kabi Avidana Kena. Look at him right now. I mean, Dharma as a production house is just scaled up to another level. I mean, they're making close to four or five films a year. And that's probably because of, you know, their creative uh, aspect of it and also the support mm-hmm. that they got from the studio. They earlier had a contract with Fox. Now they are yeah. they are doing things with Z Studios as well. So I'm saying yeah. both these things are very important and both these things are going to prevail. But private producers making films on their own and, you know, going direct OTT, the number of films that they would be able to create is very less because I think the scale is going to come from the studios. That is the future of, you know, Hindi film industry. We need to have more studios who are more confident, who are investing into content. Like imagine, you know, if you have, say, about uh, five to six studios in India today, 
and if they are making close to 12 to 15 films in a year this is a mix of small medium budget films you just need about 35 to 40 films to click in a year and you are through right it could be a mix of yeah. anything it could be a mix of large medium small budget put together because if yeah. you look at the success rate in the film industry since so many years it has always been 10 to 12 percent it's never been like 40 50 percent number which is there so i think we are yeah. on the right path i don't think there is any issue in terms of you know producer wanting to go direct ott you have that small producers who want to go direct ott but there is this studios yeah. you know backing which is there who are very clear in terms of what strategy they want to adopt and globally this is a model i mean even globally there were films which released directly on ott but that as a model didn't pick up we saw globally tword uh, taking a test case we saw india also you know radhe came on tword but these models are not scalable i mean people would not pay 200 rupees for a film to watch it on the small screen they pay 250 rupees to watch it on the large screen it's an experience it's a family outing so one has to realize that ott does not come anywhere uh, when it comes to cinema consumption karan tell me about this fourth reason that we were talking about uh, the films not working uh, at the box office and that is the structuring of the industry the hindi film industry where 70% of the cost goes towards paying the stars the actors and the remaining doesn't vis-a-vis in hollywood where 30 to 35% is what goes towards paying the talent and the remaining goes into the making of the film so do you see a lot of people have been talking about that you know the restructuring is what everyone is uh, going to have a meeting of whatever blah 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 do you see that happening i think i think uh, definitely uh, some sort of a correction is much needed uh, because uh, i think it is all about performance right so if somebody is performing then they are to be rewarded but if the performance is dropping consistently then certain uh, things are to be taken into consideration from the producer or the studio fraternity which is there so i think it is the need of the art uh, and one can't even deny that you know these are large stars uh, which have reported very strong numbers in terms of openings i mean two things to look at here in terms of film economics one is the large stars they really drive the opening numbers because uh, the kind of response they get or the crowd pulling they get for the opening day opening weekend is phenomenal and that really drives a large chunk of the overall box office because if you look at the opening weekend generally is 50% of the of the overall box office revenue for the larger stars second thing what the larger stars bring on the table is that the signing with the ott and the satellite platforms right so today a netflix or an amazon uh, will not sign a film for the content because he or she may not know in terms of how the content will click but because yeah. they know that there's an akshay kumar or there's a shahrukh khan or salman khan in the film they provide a hefty yeah. sum of money because of the track record yeah. uh, what they have so when i should really yeah. realize that these stars are very important part of the ecosystem uh, you cannot really ignore them because otherwise ot platforms cannot play a, you know they cannot pay uh, you know an aishman khurana film a number of 60 70 crores in terms of uh, ott rights after after the uh, you know the film goes on cinemas because they don't know how the film will be doing whether the audience will accept it or not there is a lot of uncertainty over there right but in the case of a salman khan in the case of akshay kumar i think there is a certainty right 100 there is a very high probability that the film will see a huge acceptance and the film will do very good numbers in terms of no matter what the content exactly, no matter what the content. content exactly yeah so this was the case earlier but now as i told you know the audience is becoming much more sharper uh, they are becoming much more intelligent so they realize what they really want to see and yeah. they want a balance between both they just don't want to watch star power they want to watch content as well uh so i think that's how it's going to be i you really cannot ignore these stars because they really drive the larger uh, money pool uh, you know of the film yeah. industry in terms of economics because satellite yeah. rights digital rights and the large open weekend that would account for close to 60% of the overall revenue the film would make 
So you can imagine the kind of money they get on the table for the producer. What about the ticket pricing, Karan? Everyone has been raising their voice, saying that every time an outing happens with their family, one with three or four people, they have to uh, churn out, say, a thousand, two thousand rupees, considering the popcorns, considering the, the tickets. Do you think the theatres should be more considerate in terms of pricing? So I think the ticket prices generally, if you look at pre-COVID days, they were anyways inching up nothing more than you know five to seven percent kind of a number. That was the growth rate. I think it's yeah. only the recent uh, six to nine months when the ticket prices have you know shooted up by fifteen twenty percent. And the yeah. reason that is twofold. I think you know uh, we are seeing you know consumers wanting to watch uh, films rather than live films, specifically in the premium yeah. format, which could be three D, four D. We saw KGF, RRR. And we saw right now Brahmastra as well. So I think the point is that ticket prices are actually going up because of this one reason. And second reason is that in the last two years they haven't taken a price hike. So that 10-12% is primarily because of the price hike not being able to take in the last two years, which is again a 5-6% Kegar basis growth. And the balance 7-8% would be because of the large-scale uh, film, which is there where people want to you know pay the premium and want to watch it in a 3D or an IMAX format. So I think there's nothing uh, wrong here in terms of ticket prices if you if you compare. Uh, India to other uh, nations, I mean, they're still phenomenally low in terms of ticket prices. It would be somewhere, you know, one seventh or one eighth as compared to a US, which is there. So I, I don't see any issue in terms of ticket prices, uh, you know, being phenomenally high, but it is all about the audience wanting to watch that kind of content and wanting to pay for it, right? So if the content is compelling, uh, if the content can be watched, uh, you know, on, on a larger scale, which is like a 3D or a 4DX or any of the IMAX format, which is there, I think the audience will pay the money. Yeah, but you need to offer the quality content. You can't just, you know, give a normal run-the-mill kind of a film and ask the audience to pay 400 rupees for a ticket price. The audience will not pay for it. But if the experience is worth it, they might even pay 500 rupees. So is it that we are moving from uh, the content to actually the experience of the content for the audience to want to pay that kind of money? Absolutely. I mean, there is a differential, right? I mean, if you look at Brahmastra yeah. pricing right now, it is somewhere closer to 40% higher pricing as compared to the yes. average ticket price for the cinema chains. If you look at yeah. RRR, KGF, I mean, RRR, I heard the ticket was sold for 2100 in South uh, and just, just still the show was houseful. I mean, it was some premium format scene of the recliners and all. So the point is that the audience is paying. It's not that they're not paying, but you need to have a differential pricing, you know, for certain films and a different pricing for certain kind of films and get a balanced approach for there as well. So I don't see an issue in terms of people not wanting to pay, but yeah, the content is compelling. They will definitely pay. Mm. Or perhaps if the experience is compelling, they Absolutely. might want to go out and pay for it. Uh, talking about OTT, Karan, everything is not very great there as well because Netflix says it has experienced losses and it's moving towards uh, an AVOD uh, model, which is an advertising model. Why do you think a, that Netflix is saying that the subscribers are going down, looking at the fact that, you know, we are now, everyone is saying that OTT is ruling the rules, A, that, and B, do you see the advertising model being the future for OTTs? See, in a country like India, which is a price sensitive market, uh, which is so big in terms of, you know, the different types of audience we have, different types of regions, nations, languages, or states and languages we have, I think freemium model is the most preferred way that any OTT can venture into. Now, freemium model is basically, you know, having an AWOD and an SWOT play because you have different types of audiences here, so you can cater to a larger target audience by having that. Something like a Netflix, I think the content has been very compelling. Okay, they've made very large scale shows. They've got a huge variety of dub content, which is done well in India. I mean, it's gone viral. Like Money Heist, the song became viral, right? Once the... Uh, yeah. 
Constia, and many other yeah. Korean shows, K drama shows, which have done phenomenally well. So they have done well in India, but India, the problem is, you know, one is of course, uh, you know, the scale factor which is there. So you know, they haven't been able to scale up beyond a point. That's one. And second thing is, India is the only market where they've cut prices. I mean, never ever had Netflix cut prices in any other market, and they've done that because mm-hmm. they know that they want to really tap the Indian audience in a very very big way. They know the opportunity mm-hmm. we have here, you know, in terms of the number of smartphones and the opportunity mm-hmm. in terms of number of paid subscribers. But despite cutting the prices, uh, they saw a spike in terms of growth. But beyond that, they're not able to grow further. I mean, they can't cut prices further now because they're already on par with the Disney Hotstar and Amazon in terms of prices. So what the, what does the platform do? Uh, second thing is that in terms of the average ARPU, you know, from the customer, it's very low mm-hmm. in India. Because in India, as a mm. market, you really cannot go direct to the customer. The kind of customer acquisition cost or the kind of marketing money you spend is phenomenally high. So you have to go by the telcos because they own the last mile, they own the customer. And with that, what happens is they take a lion's share and you end up getting a very small amount of money. So even if your ARPUs are lower, your ARPUs effectively become very low because telcos or the last mile, you know, the aggregators will take a large amount of share out of that. So what's, how, how can you, you know, address this model? Third thing is content cost is so high. I mean, you're talking of web series which are being made today for only two, two and a half hours per episode. And not yeah. only Netflix, I mean, everybody is doing it right now. Right. So the point is that how do you get this, get this amount of money for content? There has to be some uh, visibility for spending this kind of money if you have to stay uh, strong in this market. So the only way is, you know, to go AWOL. I think it's the right strategy that they are following uh, because, you know, they have a premium approach. Uh, they have the premium tag along with them, Netflix, and they'll attract a huge amount of premium advertisers in my view. So I, I don't see Netflix going the YouTube way where you will have an average yeah. after every five minutes. But yeah. maybe, you know, I mean, uh, for TV, for example, for that matter, we have an advertisement capping of 12 minutes uh, per hour. That's the number roughly. I think Netflix will go literally, you know, one fourth of that. I mean, that's how it's going to be. They're going to have more of advertisements, you know, which are in content advertisement as well. In That is called placement advertising, which is there uh, in a way. So I think this is a strategy which they're going to follow. And uh, India advertising market on digital is growing at close to 35% taker. One cannot ignore that. Obviously, the subscription market is also also growing at 40% taker, but the market is very fragmented. So you need to be in both the things. You have to compete with all the players in both the things. You can't just be only SWOT, only AWOT. I mean, look at player like MX player. They started off with only AWOT. Now they're offering SWOT as well. Something like a Woot, they start off with advertising. Now they're also giving subscription. Uh, so the point is that yeah. if other players are transitioning from AWOT to SWOT, even the SWOT players need to go into the AWOT model. So it has to be a freemium yeah. model. I think Amazon yeah. is an exception. Why? Because, uh, you know, for them, video is not the core offering. Their core offering is e-commerce. Uh, music and video are complementary offerings, you know, what they have basically. And uh, that's like a more of a value-centric uh, thing for a customer because you're paying 15 rupees for the entire year and you're getting three things uh, at one go. Whereas in the case yeah. of these platforms, you know, you're just getting the video platform. So it makes all the more tough for them to compete in this heavily fragmented. Yeah. Tell me, Karan, in terms of the A-Ward, in terms of the S-Ward and the T-Ward, uh, a lot of the new streamers that are coming in the market, the recent uh, being one of the brands, do you think that uh, T-Ward is uh, as uh, competitive as S and A-Ward? It's too early. I think uh, in a country like India for T-Ward to you know, give any kind of competition to S-Ward or A-Ward, uh, the only reason being that, you know, T-Ward is basically, I mean, India is, again, very price sensitive. Uh, they do not pay for, you know, one single film or one single web series. Uh, they want to Correct. pay for a bundle or a package. People are yeah. value centric. They want more for less. So I think T-Ward is still very early days. Maybe after five or seven years, we don't know where the market heads and the T-Ward might evolve in India. But for the next five years, I don't see the future of T-Ward in India. 
Tell me, Karan, uh, in terms of for filmmakers, uh, when they go out there putting their film on an S word, an A word, or a T word, which is what they what is that they should consider in terms of getting their value for their content? Uh, sorry, uh, you are saying which medium they should go for? Yeah, S word, T word, A word. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you ask the producer, it doesn't matter to him. Whoever gives him more money, he'll go to <laughs> doesn't matter which medium uh, or which mode it goes. I don't think producers yeah. look at that uh, as an aspect because whichever platform. So generally, I'll tell you what happens here. So in terms of more money, I think SWOT platforms have a greater capability to pay more money to the producers than AWOT platforms uh, because AWOT platforms is more dependent on advertising. It might be cyclical in nature. You might have uh, ups and downs there. Whereas S-word is, is like an assured, uh, you know, cash flow, which is there is more sticky in nature, which is why you yeah. see S-word platforms always spending more, always having higher budgets as compared to A-word platforms. So either S-word or A-word and definitely not T-word. T-word has no future in India. Yeah, because I, th- I don't think T-word platforms would pay also for that much. I mean, you know, the kind of money a T-word platform would need to pay for getting the, getting the, getting the movie on T-word would be huge. And, uh, whether or not yeah. they can scale up with their subscriber base, because do you actually see the customers paying 200 rupees for, you know, for that film? I, my answer is no, because it's not an experience. And secondly, piracy is a big risk for T-Bot because, uh, you know, people would want to watch it on a pirated format rather, you know, paying for T-Bot. I mean, whereas in the case of cinema, it's an experience altogether. So I believe, I'm a strong believer of this, that, you know, piracy is a bigger threat for OTT and direct OTT releases rather than for cinema, because piracy has been here since the last 20 years. But cinema box office numbers have just moved up one way, right? But uh, you saw what happened when Radhe claimed uh, directly on OTT or when other films have come directly on OTT. They have gone viral on social media in terms of pirated content. Now, that's a huge hit you know, for the producer and for the platform, uh, for the money that they pay. Thank you so much, Karan, for your time. Pleasure, pleasure is always mine. Thank you, Suchita. Take care. There are no failures. There are only lessons. For me, the biggest lesson coming out from this podcast is that do we need to innovate? Are our stories compelling enough? Do we need to restructure the industry in terms of the budgets? Do we need to relook at the ticket pricings? Do we need to relook at the small budget films that have the capability to release in theatres? That's it, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you're enjoying your weekend as well. Till then, take good care of yourself and to follow the podcast, you can follow us on our social media handles with the name Metaphysical Lab.